Good morning, it's Iowimala. I've been sitting here waiting for it to become 10 o'clock. And then when I found my watch, it was four minutes after 10. Okay, so a little bit of a late start, but I'm really glad to see everyone. Or I can't see you, but I feel, you're, I feel like I'm with you. Now it's still counting down. Okay, um, I haven't been with you for the last couple of days. Uh, Sunday was Upal Gamaj's talk right at 10 o'clock, and um, Friday, one of those days. I also couldn't do it because of a previous commitment. So, boy, it's, it was difficult for me not to be with you, uh, and, I, and it was certainly hard to keep track of the days. <laughs> So, it's, I'm glad to be back with you and uh, sharing time and some, some quiet. And let's begin, first of all, with my wish. All right? I think I've, I've got it back in my mind now, but I, wanna, I don't want to make a mistake. Okay? May I become, at all times, now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. So that's, we can all be bodhisattvas just by the way we behave every day. I wanted to read something from Pema Chodron's latest, I think it's her latest book, uh, Welcoming, Welcoming the Unwelcome. And beautiful book and I'm going to read this is from chapter 3 I just opened it earlier this morning and I think it's an incredible I mean the book is at least what a year and a half old now but everything in it is perfect so I want to read a little bit and then we can sit and then we'll end with my wish today too so this chapter is called Overcoming Polarization. The time we live in is a fertile ground for training and being open-minded and open-hearted. If we can learn to hold this falling apartness without polarizing and without becoming fundamentalist, then whatever we do today will have a positive effect on the future. There are many ways to talk about the problems of this world, but one way or another, all of them have to do with polarization. We have a tendency to divide people, things, and ideas into sharply contrasting categories. Consciously or unconsciously, we carry around concepts of us and them, right and wrong, worthy and unworthy. In this framework, there's not much room for a middle ground. Everything is at one pole or another. 
So she goes on to say that these problems, these national and global problems, have their roots in the subtle workings of our own individual minds. This is a constant theme. This was the theme of uh, Upal's. It's been the theme in a lot of the sutta studies I'm included in. Um, this theme that this is all in our own minds and what we have to do is know this mind and understand. And that's where we have to, all of our work has to go back to knowing mind, knowing our mind, knowing who we are. So let me just, I'm skimming over a few important parts because we've talked about some of these things before and I don't want to spend all of our time with me reading. So she talks about um, there are effective ways of working with our tendency to polarize. We can begin by self-reflecting and noticing the for or against quality of our thoughts, words, and actions. We can also notice and take joy in those moments when we're not polarizing. Throughout the day, we can ask ourselves, am I perpetuating my sense of being in opposition, or am I going against that tendency? By lessening the gap between myself and the world, am I increasing my sense of separateness from others, or am I nurturing bodhicitta, belonging and commitment to wake up for the benefit of all living beings? So she talks about the physical, and then she talks about our action. Then she goes on to uh, speech, and then she gets to the subtlest level of polarization, the level of our mind, unlike our actions and words, our thoughts don't get out into the world and have blatant repercussions. But are these thoughts really so unimportant? We're just sitting there harmlessly thinking to ourselves, she deserves to be taken down a peg. And what he did was definitely wrong. I know because I took a poll and everyone agrees with me. We may be sitting in a stream of critical, judgmental thoughts all day long and realize how much polarization we're creating in our own mind. The grooves in our brain deepen with each repetitive thought and form habit, forming hab habitual patterns, beliefs, and attitudes. Conscious or not, these patterns increase our propensity to separate ourselves from others and suddenly undermine our wish to awaken on their behalf. This is a very important one, I think. Think about, about being in isolation with our loved ones. They also inevitably come out in our speech and actions. If you're constantly judging Isaiah in your mind, there's a good chance he'll eventually find out what you really think. and what you really think of him, and it won't be pretty. But if you, never if you never indulge in critical thoughts about Gabriel, 
There's no chance you'll ever snap at her when you haven't slept enough. If we develop a heavy caution about the destructive power of our thoughts, we'll have much more incentive to nip our judgmental thinking in the bud. Then we'll be able to feel more at ease in all situations, especially when we're with people who push our buttons. She has a practice that she likes, and she says it's called Just Like Me. You go to a public place and sit there and look around. Traffic jams are very good for this. You zero in on one person and say to yourself things such as, Just like me, this person doesn't want to feel uncomfortable. Just like me, this person loses it sometimes. Just like me, this person doesn't want to be disliked. Just like me, this person wants to have friends and intimacy. That sounds like a really good practice. Maybe for today, practice just like me. Everything you read on Facebook, everywhere you look. talks about having compassion <clears throat> having compassion for those who have harmed us and especially those who have taken away our loved ones doesn't come easily we shouldn't feel like there's something wrong with us if we don't at present feel this degree of understanding and caring in fact it's quite exceptional to feel this way as a precursor to this level of empathy Sorrow, simply sorrow, is often more accessible. For instance, in this case of the violence committed by extreme militants, she's talking about the beheading of James Foley not too many years ago, we can tap into a deep sorrow for the situation as a whole. Along with our sorrow for the victims, we can also feel sorrow that young men find themselves hating so much sorrow that they're struck in such a pattern of hatred. Such things have such complex and far-reaching causes. We can feel sorrow for the circumstances where ignorance or suffering in the past created the hatred that is manifesting in these young men and women now. We can encompass this all-encompassing sorrow to arouse the broken-hearted feeling that fosters bodhicitta. And here's the last paragraph I'll read. Having compassion doesn't mean we can't take a stand. It's important to speak up when we've been hurt, when we see others being hurt, and when we observe or experience examples of abuses of power. It is equally important to listen deeply and without judgment when people speak about their experiences and their suffering. What has been dysfunctional does need to be openly addressed. We are at a time when old systems and ideas are being questioned and falling apart, and there is a great opportunity for something fresh to emerge. I have no idea what that will look like and no preconceptions about how, how things should turn out, but I do have a strong sense that the time we live in 
is a fertile ground for training and being open-minded and open-hearted. If we can learn to hold this falling apartness without polarizing and without becoming fundamentalist, then whatever we do today will have a positive effect on the future. Oh, that's very powerful, right? It's asking a lot of us if we want we want to be open-minded and open-hearted and uh, be be in that bodhicitta, that open-hearted way of being all the time, uh, practicing the bodhisattva qualities. And uh, it's very hard to do that. It's much easier these days to take a position and to be able to say, there's us and there's them. And that's what we have to fight against. And that's what we have to be aware is uh, holding us back. Uh, I love what she says, and this is way, this is long before the pandemic, and it just seems absolutely true right this minute, all over the world. It's, this is global. This is, we have to remember this is not about us. This is not about poor me uh, having to uh, stay at home or wear a mask when I go outside. This is about the world having to learn how to be less polarized and to be more open-minded and be better listeners. Keep our thoughts, work with your mind all the time. Always keep turning the focus back on how you're doing, what's going on within your mind. If our thoughts are impure, if our thoughts are all about uh, look at what other people are doing, then that's a good place to begin we can begin to let go of those thoughts if they are if they're negative if they're overly critical we need to find a way to develop and and encourage those more wholesome thoughts to come flooding into us we need to let go of the uh, the strength we hold the critical judgmental thoughts begin to let those go and then encourage the skillful, wholesome thoughts. Work to arouse those and see what a difference it makes in your life. So uh, there's so much we can do just with every breath, right? Breathe in something joyful. Breathe in something that feeds our hearts, that feeds our, our joy. And let go of the judgmental, critical, negative thoughts with each out-breath. We have 10 minutes, so let's sit together, just being with our breath and thinking, thinking on, well, let's try not to think, let's try to let the thoughts go, but let your body try to experience with each breath, bringing in joy, bringing in contentment, bringing in blessings to yourself, that you are healthy, if you're sick, that you become well, and that we experience joy in the smallest things. We need that experience of joy to keep us going. So let it be wherever we can find it to bring a smile to our face, to bring, bring happiness and joy to someone else, just by making contact with them is enough to do it, right? 
So gently close your eyes. I know you're all in the position to be able to practice. Remember, you can be on your back. You can be sitting up. You can be standing and walking. Feel your spine lifting. Letting you sit, sit, or even if you're lying down, let your spine feel lifted. If you're not walking, you can close your eyes. But be aware of everything your other sense doors are taking in taking in sound, taking in contact, if you can feel the hot summer air, or if you're feeling cooler air or night air. Be aware of touch, contact. Be aware of any fragrance or smell you're picking up. Any taste in your mouth. Or whether your mouth is dry or wet. Be with your breath. Focus on your body breathing. Let your hand be on your belly to feel your body naturally bringing that oxygen down, filling up your lungs. Feel your breath through that hand on your belly, or feel it just around your nostrils. Pick one spot or the other. Stay with each inhale and each exhale. How does it feel to inhale and then to exhale? What sensations can you feel as you inhale? Breathing in, feel joy coming in, and breathing out, let go of some of your anxiety and worry and tightness. Breathe in a moment of joy, and then breathe out one of your knots.
as you breathe in, really experience that each breath is our life. Each in-breath and each out-breath. means we're alive. we have the ability to calm ourselves. Just in our breath. If we feel our breath in our belly, we're already calming, calming down. Letting worry, anxiety, and fear Gradually go away. Because we're remaining in the present moment. I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, and a servant for all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I attain Nibbana. Now keep sitting if you can. I'll be leaving in a few, I'll be stopping the Facebook Live in a few minutes. But if you can still sit, your body's already relaxing and you found your breath. Never underestimate just the power of relaxing your body, not in a way of distraction, not relaxing it uh, with some uh, material thing that, that's nearby but relaxing it by letting your mind be at peace, being open to what's going on in your mind. And if you see that it's causing you pain, if it's critical, if your mind is becoming tight and you want to lash out or you want to find fault, be aware of that. That's not letting you be relaxed at all. This is a really important time for us not to uh, relax into our habitual thought patterns because the way Pema Chodron talked about it, those grooves just get deeper and deeper and they become stronger the deeper they become. Those become our habitual thought patterns. We can look at our mind when we're sitting quietly we can see what those are. 
And we can also see our wholesome, beautiful thought patterns, the ones that are skillful and help us overcome the negativity, help us overcome fear and worry. And those we can learn to produce more often. We can actually let those come up more and more by a strong desire to have more wholesome thoughts, more loving thoughts, more compassion in our lives. Let it begin with how carefully we watch our minds and learn learn about yourself, learn about your habitual thoughts, learn about the ones that we can change or we can just be aware of. So when they do rise, we don't have to we don't have to pay attention to them. It doesn't have to be difficult or hard, but we know if we've had a deeply ingrained habit, we have to stick with it to get to get over the hump of breaking the habit. And we can do that by always trying to be mindful and working with our minds, just being aware of what's going on and always wanting the best for yourself and for every other living being. And you can't go wrong. Let kindness be your practice. May you be well. May you be content wherever you are and whatever situation your life is in today. May you find contentment. May you find peace. May you find a little time to be with yourself. And if you have a lot of time to be with yourself, may you nurture that. May you cherish that time. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I'll see you Thursday morning. Bye-bye.